to the first real episode of All Up In Your Biz podcast. I'm Lovely. And this is your boy, Light. We are siblings coming together to talk about things that make us crazy or happy. <laughs> no, good people. What we want, We're starting this journey down this path because there were lots of things that kind of, I guess, brought us to this very interesting topic. Today. Like, one, a grown man... Was I grown at 18? I don't know if I was grown or not, but not knowing your he sister. He was old enough. <laughs> not knowing you had an actual sibling or female sibling until you were 18 years old. Just imagine my shock and surprise. And I've always known about him. He's always been my brother. I just didn't know where he was. <laughs> We're going to be talking about and tackling many different issues, talking about mental health and the mental well-being of the black community and those under, those who are underserved. Yes. And we're going to be talking about mental happiness because you also have to make sure that in the conversation you have the good and the bad so you even each other out. That's what we do. We even each other out. The yin, the yang, but we're siblings and it's a problem. <laughs> we're here to take over the world. Mahaha. We're looking forward to having a lot of fun, good people. Uh, this is a journey that uh, I consider just the beginning. Uh, I've been fortunate enough, and we've been fortunate enough to where as though we feel like God has blessed us with not only our sanity, uh, even though there are moments where we still feel insane. Today. <laughs> uh, this is just going to be a nice, interesting journey. So we appreciate you guys joining us at the beginning of our journey. Thank you for taking this first step with us and look forward to a nice and interesting ride. Yes. So, lovely. Yes. Um, awkward pause. Just joking. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Just joking. No, no. you know, um, I know there were many different things that kind of led me to this place. And, and I feel like I've been dealing with my, oh, in my head for quite some time, uh, starting at a very young and early age. Um, so talk to me, what, what kind of, when did you start your process of, uh, not just mental thinking about mental health because I think when we're younger we don't call it mental health. We're we just don't. trying to be well. We're, we're just trying, trying to, to live. Yeah, we're just trying to. We just trying to live. Even if we didn't call them rational thoughts at the time, we we just wanted to be normal. So, talk to me a little bit about what life was like before nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety five. I don't even know if that's the way it goes. Shout out to people who don't care. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Let me just say this. So I am an Aquarius. We are Aquarius. There you go. Um, so I'm a very literal person. And my life was kind of standard. I had mom, no dad, grew up with family in the house, um, went to a trade school, came straight out of school working. So I think my childhood was, to me, it was pretty decent. Let me just say this. We grew up, me, very disconnected from a lot of things. My mom kind of protected us and kept us in a as safe space as she could. Looking back at it, it was not as safe as I thought it was, but it was um, a 
So what do you mean? What do you mean? When you say it wasn't as safe as you thought, what, what would make it not safe when you say looking back? So I lived in neighborhoods where you didn't walk down the street on cer at certain times because you knew that this particular drug dealer was on that corner and he was a mean guy. And you would have to walk two blocks the other way to get to where you needed to be. I would get off a bus stop before my bus stop so I could walk up two blocks up and then two blocks over because the drug dealer who was there at the time, because I grew up in the 90s and they had times. It was like nine to five and five to 12. And With drugs that you know work nine to five. He was there all the damn time, <laughs> is what I'm telling you. He was cop, standing cop, in yeah. front of the carryout store mm -hmm. back in the day when you could get your subs delicious. I used to love me a shrimp steak sub. You know what? When I could eat cheese, I'm dairy free now. It's not on purpose. Um, I used to love cheesesteak sub with everything, extra hot. Oh, so delicious. I miss it. It's all gone now. Everything, no hots. Everything, extra no hots. hots. No hots. Hot. I'm just saying. No, so, so I grew up, and I, I tell this story all the time. I remember being like maybe seven or eight, standing on North Avenue, waiting in line to get our food and really what we were waiting for we were waiting for a cheese cereal bread we were standing in a welfare line and i didn't even know that we were standing in a welfare line i thought we were about to get some bang cheese the cheese um the cheese block because it made the best grilled cheese after you took the burnt part off the top it was melted underneath now that I think about it, we probably had processed cheese, bro. I don't know. I mean, you think it was real? Mm. I know it wasn't real. But it tasted good, you know, though. It was, good. It was so delicious. Slice it thick, cube it up. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, um, and I didn't know. And growing up, my mom always made sure we had a car. We had cable. This is a conversation amongst us. You just knew you was the shit if you had cable in your house. The box. Yeah, and we had cable in multiple rooms and in bedrooms. I don't know. My mom was a hustler. She I made it happen. That's I'm what just I'm saying. About. We need to check her as records. Most, <laughs> as most moms are. As most moms are. Especially the moms that we came up with. We did. We came yeah. up with some strong women who had to go through a lot. I know my mom went through her fair share of domestic violence, abusive situations. We've had family members die in our homes. We've had to identify family members that were that we were we just who was with us the day before and that's kind of my childhood so like my trauma i realize now was more of i was what i feel like i was what the spirits used to keep my mom sane like i was always around to take some of the the blunt of the trauma that was happening at the moment you know we had an aunt pass away i had to identify her my mom couldn't do it we had an uncle i was the one who found him passed away. And it, when you talk about, when we're talking about black mental health, I think that's a mental health issue in general. Because mm -hmm. if you are a child, those type of things stick with you as you get older. And mm -hmm. we have younger siblings. Both of us have a, a brother, a sister. There may be others out there. Hey. hey Look us up. I'm just saying. Shout out to all of them. dot in your biz in you are biz lovely brown <laughs> put at at the front of that because we just showed our age yes oh, at. But, at at 
it. <laughs> um, but we, you know, so I had a brother, a younger brother with me all of my life. I can't remember him not being a part of my life. And I know that we have different experiences growing up, but I want Product to, placement. I can't with him. He's just, no, wait, I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> fast forward, I'm a teenager. I'm in high school and I get a call. Hey, uh, I'm, I believe I'm your brother. Who's this? This is Chum. Crickets? What? Lamont? Ah, I know you. But I'm just saying. I actually called the house phone. Like he you called think the house phone. Because there were, there were only house phones. I'm just saying. 410 bloopity bloop bloop bloop. And you actually answered the house phone. Because you have to. Hello? Exactly. But you know how. I don't rare, answer it up. What's how, up? How rare and odd that is because the phone is so attached to the hip now that I called you on it and you actually you answered it. You called me on a landline. Hello, children. There's this thing called a landline. I know you don't use it, but we did. That's too funny. So you finished your story. So tell me about your childhood and we'll bridge the gap. <laughs> up until the phone call, right? All right, so uh, grew up East Baltimore, always. Patricia Jacobs. There it is. <laughs> but no, um, growing up for me was, um, I guess, interesting. And it's so, so funny. I felt like I was kind of always in my head, even at a very young age. Uh, we grew up, it was predominantly boys that I grew up with. It was uh, my mother, my brother, and I. Um, uh, we were living with my grandmother, uh, up until 19, I want to say 1982. So that was the first maybe nine years of my life we were living there. At least that's what I recall. Um, and during that time, we had cousins. And so I had three cousins that were always in the house with us. Uh, and two aunts, and maybe two uncles. My grandmother had a big house. <laughs> so it was... Sound we, like me, 13 <laughs> people in the house, four yeah, cats we, and a yeah, dog. Yeah, we had everybody in the house. It was, it was one of those situations where everybody was around. And so... And growing up, it was funny because I was the, with our family, my, on my grandmother's side, we, my grandmother's children, she had nine children. So you had five. Nine? My grandmother had nine children. There you go, right? That's crazy. Wow. It, we, it, it, it was meant to be like we had some control over being brothers. <laughs> Anywho. But no. Nah, um, it was the, the, the family dynamic was split ways though. My grandmother was, uh, or fair skin. I don't even want to say she was light skinned cause I don't think she was light skinned, but my grandfather was brown skinned. And so their children, it was so funny. I love my grandmother's stories, but, uh, she, they had six, I want to say six brown skinned or dark brown children. And then they had three light skinned kids. And my grandfather was funny because my grandmother told me when the first time a light skinned child came out. It's like, that ain't my baby. My grandfather got like all real territorial. Like, it wasn't his kid until she had the next kid that was That's like my husband about my last one. Yeah, it's like. First off, <laughs> we are brown people. Exactly. And it, and, and we have, like I say. The, we have the, melanin in it. The, the hues go from real light to real dark. But I, I, I digress. So I, I, I actually veered off path. He came so, back. So let oh, me come back. God. So basically, when we were growing up, or when as I was growing up, I was probably the lightest of skinned people in our home and uh uh one of the early childhood traumas that i actually remember dealing with which is crazy my cousins would mock me and call me white boy and it was not a compliment they would call me white boy 
Now, believe it or not, I was much lighter than I am now, and my hair was that color. Another thing that that lets you know, and it was that that actually that bright. So you have this catches light, the winter time. We light change, yeah, the exactly. Color. We light change colors, as they used to call mm -hmm. me, light bright, damn near white is what they used to say to me. <laughs> I was a white girl. I hated that shit, man. And so uh, they would joke me, and they would do these different things, and I always felt separated and kind of isolated. Um, I was I was the kid who, even though I can get along with people, I like playing by myself. And before we before I had GI Joe toys, I would play with clothespin. I was I was always real creative. I did like to draw, and I liked different things like that. So I grew up, um, even though they, we I was in a household with a lot of people, I still felt by myself. I understand that. And so um, you, you fast forward a little bit uh, in elementary school. I was fortunate enough. I had a real bad temper. I, I, I can't. I don't. I don't blame it on anything. But I, I was very angry. Did you get in fights? I didn't get in fights, but my mouth got me in a lot of trouble. Meaning, I stayed. Third, the third grade year, I was suspended thirteen times. I slammed a girl's head on one of the tables in the science room because she pulled my hair. I, I had the, issues. I, the two fights, two or three fights, I got. I got one fight with a kid that year. I. I had an altercation that a principal, assistant principal tried to step into, and I had, uh, I became physical with the, the assistant principal, and I had some situation, some type of situation with a lunch lady. I remember these, and yeah. but I remember I knocked the lady's tooth out. There it was a go. teacher. She wouldn't let me go to the bathroom, and she touched me. We have issues, we dude. We had issues, and this was early. This was elementary school, and it was funny. But while I had all of those issues mentally. Or how about mentally? Those, <laughs> he was those, those attitude, those attitude issues, if you will. The funny part about it was I was always good at school, and so that same year, that same grade, the same time that I was in the, I had that, that third grade. I, third grade. No, I got skipped. So I got suspended thirteen times third grade, but then they allowed me because of my academics to start traveling with the fourth grade mm. to kind of do fourth grade work because I was you know handling whatever the third grade work was. Okay. So. You know, went through um, elementary school, uh, kind of after elementary school, you go into middle school. Middle school was when things became that awkward. It was just, it was kind of worse. Middle school is for hatred. It, it's has horrible. To, yeah, I was going to say, middle school was. It and you smells know, bad. It just, the you, food's bad. But you know what's funny? Middle school gave me some very bad traumas. That's where I actually was introduced to race in middle school because we were bust into uh, a middle school. And when we were bust into that middle school, the community that we were bust into, the people in that community at that time were very, they, they let you know they did not like you. And this was in 84. They let you know that they didn't like black people. And so that We're was, three years apart. I just want to say I'm the younger one. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my first introduction yeah. to uh, the, the anguish or the trauma, a uh, different type of trauma. When you were actually leaving that school, you did not want to miss that bus. You did not want detention because if you missed that bus, then you had to walk up to the bus stop. And you had to deal with that crazy. And walking up to that bus stop, you did not know if you were going to get your butt whipped. And if you were going, it wasn't going to be one person whipping your butt. It would be several if they caught you on that bus stop. It was a terrifying experience. But at the same time, I will say this. One of the better moments of my middle school years was a family that lived in that community uh, and it was funny because in middle school, I was in advanced academic class or whatever, um, the nerdy class. But as I'm in this, and mind you, mind you, growing, which was another stigma because you're growing up in the hood and you're in advanced academic in the hood. So I was in Catholic school in the hood. That you're was getting worse. Jokes. I was like, so you're get 
No, I, they I may be equal. It, I, no, we, yeah, you're right. I you're was, right. I, was, I think it was equal. I think it was equal. You, you are mocked for being educated. I was mocked for my like, uniform. You, you're, you're a nerd. Every not, and, they, they and your they, parents can afford to pay for you to go to. I'm like, no, I was on assistance. <laughs> it was a ride. I mean, we paid, but like we kind of like paid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a family. Actually, it was a it was a white family up in that neighborhood that, and they always stand out to me. Um, but and I heard the young guy that I went to school with. He's actually a, a Baltimore police officer. It'd be cool if I ever ran across him again. But uh, th this family would welcome us up, and he we would walk. Even though you would, the neighborhood was what it was, and he was not a tough kid, you know, we would walk up, spend some time with him and his family. They would, his mom would always cook dinner. Dad would come home from work. We would play for a little while, and then his dad would take us home. So middle school, even though there were some tough years, and, you know, I wouldn't say I, I started developing having more friends then. Um, always grew up with people and had friends. I just, I would feel isolated. I wouldn't even say anybody made me feel isolated. Was I something had that, that same problem too. Yeah. I just didn't connect very well with others. And it wasn't even because I didn't like people, but because I didn't understand me. Like there mm -hmm. was so, I was so complex to myself mm -hmm. that I think it was hard to connect with other people. Like, did you feel a little more mature than you should have or like all you were time. learning too week. many lessons so fast all the time yeah and i, I, I think that I, makes my, it my, hard my mind processed things and was thinking it, it felt like i was always thinking yeah. my you mind felt was, like always, you was like, always an old guy like yeah. you were always prepared to, to I was, make I was the rational the, I was decision the i was the proverbial old soul that they yeah. say about young people and so i was that guy who my mom would call me old when I was young and things of that nature. I didn't think of myself as old because I played with toys and I enjoyed, you know, cartoons and I enjoyed that part. But me I think too. it was Saturday just, morning cartoons. Yes. I think what she was always referencing was just the fact that uh, I guess like an old man, I wanted my own space. <laughs> and so uh, you get through that, go through high school. High school was a difficult time. Uh, only be, and it was so funny because academics always carried me. I just I was, I liked, I, I was always fighting to be me. And so mm. right in middle school, like I said, the transition from middle school to high school was different this way. When I was younger, I was trying to connect. And no matter how much you tried to connect at a certain point in high, I mean, middle school, what a different transition happened to me one point in my life when this, this fellow, a buddy of mine that we used to hang out um, I thought we were really cool and I come to find out he was talking about me saying negative things and stuff like that. Not like awful things, I mean, but more or less what, like, just, I, yeah, just, just what, what kids, kids do. do. Yeah. And so when one day we were talking to two young ladies or talking to two girls, not young ladies, it was talk, as we talking, uh, yeah, we got, yeah, exactly. We were talking to two girls and one of them took a liking to me. I'm like, what's your name? So I say, my name is Chum and unbeknownst to her, she drops the, Oh, this is that chum you was talking about and you said, mm. and he's standing right beside me. <laughs> and as he's standing right beside me. You could see the dumb exactly come look on, on his, his face. face. <laughs> and so I decided. And you just and, wait like and I just, Well, I just looked at him because I had already heard that because gossip and neighborhoods run. And I yeah. told him, I said, bro, I said, I already know. And it was no big deal. And even though he felt awkward, at that moment, I was starting to develop this toughness to where so I thought I was, it was the beginning of me not caring. Regardless of what I wore, you know, I, I wore hand-me-downs. We had hand-me-downs coming up, different things. And so between middle school and the early part of high school, I decided I really just didn't care what people thought. And that's when I first started using the term regular. When people would ask me how I was doing, regular became I'm chum. 
I'm just me. I'm me every day, all day. And as long as I'm chum, I was satisfied. I was no longer content trying to be what other people were, trying to fit into those boxes. And I still, you still felt some of those internal pressures Absolutely. of being in the neighborhood of the clothes and the different things and stuff like that. But I was growing, I was developing a resistance to what people thought and I could care less. And I, I actually appreciated that portion of my life because one, it's still who I am to this day. Absolutely. Um, but even more so, it was allowing me a certain freedom to not be so bound by what other people said. And so through high school, I, you know, high school was, you know, kind of went and came. Uh, my, you know, once again, still stubborn kid. But in high school is when I met uh, my then girl, but future wife. I met Trisha. And when I met Trisha, nice. <laughs> when I met Trisha, uh, it, it changed me. It was, you know, you go through, you know, I had some teenage heartbreaks and crushes and I went through all of that stuff. And I was always looking for a person to connect with or just somebody to be like, I wanted my one and that connection to be real. And so we met in high school. And once we met, uh, after we met for a year, you know, uh, she got pregnant early on in our relationship. And I talked into it. It wasn't even something she did. I think this, if our moms listen to this podcast, they'd be like, you did what? <laughs> I, t- I talked into it. You know how parents be like, what did you say to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I talked into it, so we. She got pregnant. When she got pregnant, um, I, I wanted the kid for unconditional love. We had a child, and then uh, as we after we had that child, uh, or right before we had that child, uh, she was still pregnant. One in 1992, I met you. I was the one who was on the other end of that phone call too. That hello call, lovely. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You just made me think of something. So both of us have been with our spouses for 29 years. Mm-hmm. Married for different times, but we both Y'all might have pretty much. Us. I wasn't trying to get married. Mine wasn't an engagement. Mine, 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 we got married in 2003. Oh, that's right. So it was. So later. you were. Yeah, well, I gave saying. a. I said my, my mine wasn't an engagement ring. Mine was a shut up ring. So I gave her the ring that thankfully she wears to this day. Don't know how I afforded that ring way back when, <laughs> but but that ring that I gave her was a you know I just want to hear you shut up. Oh, see, no. <laughs> Mine's what we started dating eighth grade. I mean, at the end of eighth grade, because we've been together since we were 13 and 14. Way too early to be dating, but I was in That's love. Yeah. I was in love. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he's so amazing. And now I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe what you said. What the hell did you just do? Not all the time, but sometimes. But the you could the connection that we have, you could see that we were traveling along the line different like we didn't even know about each other but we had already put our stake in that we wanted to have solid relationships relationships with people that we loved we wanted a true connection with people someone who would understand us and who mm. would want to understand us yes. and who would want to walk the the walk with us not the, to be the same or be just like us because i think both of us have spouses that are opposite of what we are but we need that to balance ourselves out because mm. you can't be serious and in your head all the time you need somebody to bring that extra part of you out so it's just it's so funny i mean you we both we both have three kids we were just like walking that <laughs> line and didn't even know and then hello is it me no i didn't i wasn't looking for anybody exactly i, I didn't even know how he found me this was before the internet children before the internet it was actually a family friend it was our father's best friend who gave me your number. And I did not, 
I still don't know how he got my phone number. Because Mama he knew, Shirley. He, he knew, yeah, he knew but I don't family. know how she had my phone number. It's so strange. Okay. I, I mean, whatever. I'm glad. Yeah, I just say it worked out. Because we are, we is, friend, we is family now all the time. Like, we'll cut you if you mess with one of us. We're just trying to find the others because there are others. There are others. They are. We know one sister. She's in Florida. She's doing well. We have a brother. He's here in Maryland. He's doing well. But I really think that our father was busy. He loved the ladies a lot. Ladies for loved him a little for bit of reason. time. Yeah, I mean, loved him. look, we have to say we look good. He was not an unattractive man. <laughs> he must have had game for he days. Had that mm -hmm. I'm just saying, because like some days when I open up my mouth, I'd be like, "Who, girl? What you say?" Not really, but it makes me feel like that's what I say. The house was amazing. Is a is a flirtress. That's what I was doing. I was a flirtress. I wasn't. One of my business strategies to this day, I always tell people I charm. I will charm a client real quick. Dude, if you want to hang with me. And the female, I ain't gonna say you want to get with you in the wrong way, but I definitely know how to use this certain type of charisma to make sure you make the right connection. You're just throwing off women. What? What's happening? Oh my goodness. I can do that. What just works? sign your name on this dotted line. What works, works. <laughs> <laughs> what works, works. <laughs> We're taking a break and we'll be right back. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening with us. Oh, oh so nice and we're funny. back. Mm -hmm. Man, no, that was funny. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even tell if we're recording. Yes. Yes, we're recording. We're recording. We're, oh, back. Yeah. we're back live. We're back. We're back. We're back. Eyes, oh. bloodshot. Not from drinking, huh? No, no drinking, no smoking. I don't do any of that. Well, that's a lie. I like yes, whiskey. You, you I like drink. whiskey. You do drink. Whiskey makes me happy. Me on the other hand, I can't often. even handle a cooler. He had a Zima <laughs> in his life and probably passed out. Mm, the Zima is the bomb. I had, I had three bottles and James at a VFW one day, and I like I can't drive it. <laughs> You gotta drive us home. <laughs> like first off, sir. What you won't be doing is embarrassing us with bottles, bottles and James. And James. <laughs> peach. But you knew peach. what you like. You knew what you like. It was peach. It was the peach. Peach. The peach bottles and James. It was good. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. <laughs> but you know, I I so enjoy the laughing part of life. Because mm -hmm. you know, like. What what you guys will learn through our podcast is that we we have some super tragic, crazy stuff that's happened, and then we have some seriously lighthearted, enjoy your life. Yes, you only live once type moments, and you know we want our podcast to be a reflection of who we are as a whole up until this point and throughout our journey. And see, it's funny when you say that. That's uh, one of the things I enjoy about. Like doing this podcast with you, I thank you the other day for bringing the energy that he you bring. Did. I felt so special. You really ruined it. There it is. But one of the things I enjoy with this process is because I enjoy that it was funny when you and Kenny was like, you laugh all the time, you be tripping. And it's like most people see me as serious because what I present to people, and it's not a it's not a front or a facade, but who I am is it's 
I don't always let people into the Your interior circle. part of who I am mm-hmm. um, because I don't, and I would always tell people, I don't trust you enough. And it's not personal. I just don't trust you enough with me. That's I, just who I am. And be, I, it's not just you. Yeah. I'm with you. And so I don't, that part of the laughter and those things and stuff like that was not always revealed. And I think a part of what makes our relationship unique and, you know, as we talked about in the last podcast, um, the the breaks or the last the last episode was the the break that we had i was still learning my sister i was still learning to like and it was funny not learning my sister but once i had a sister we had that beginning and then when we came together it was like okay i'm raising because because you you go to growing up real quick having a child at 18 as we did Mm -hmm. excuse me but having a child at 18 I we had to grow up real quick. So I was had a child at 18, moved out at 19. After we moved out at after I moved out at 19, I'm now quote unquote about I'm grown man in my mind. If I yeah, you the man in the house. And so you know, Trish is working. He get the big piece of chicken. <laughs> Trish is working. I'm working, and we started growing up. We grew up really fast. We grew up too fast. And how could you not with a baby? Especially when we, because we chose to be responsible because our dad or my dad wasn't in my life. Like when DA's was born, that was everything for me. I mean, you, when I say I everything, that. it was, it changed life because I not only wanted to love her, like I immediately went to, I want the best of everything for her. I, we started teaching her at the age of two. We, you know, we're doing all of these different things. Yeah, your first kid get it all. I'm, I'm, the advancement I'm, I'm, mil- advancement. I'm, I'm, I'm militant as all get out. It's like a priority. I remember having a friend in the neighborhood or a buddy of mine's sister say to me, you think you better than us. You think your daughter better than us because you don't let her hang out with our kids. I was like, yep. <laughs> Damn. Actually, you know what I said to her? Because she was, she was yelling at me in the middle of the block and um, trying to make a scene. because She got treated like the teacher. Well, you know what's funny or sad was because I used to be close, like when I used to be close with their family until my daughter was born. And I used to hang out a lot with them until my daughter's one. And so now everything to me was about Trisha and the baby. Mm-hmm. So because it was about Trisha and DeAsia, I, you know, I didn't realize it at the time that they were hurt. And it was like, yo, we value you. But we got family. We, exactly, we got family now. But, but they wanted, it was like, we miss you. But her way of doing it was like, you know, and there was, since I was about 14, 15, once I kind of started my own independence, I, people started calling me conceited or feeling like I was arrogant. I was like, I wear hand-me-downs. I'm, I'm conceited. I, no, but I you just, wore those hand-me-downs like a mat. I just didn't care what people said anymore. He was a pimp. So, no, I just did I stopped caring what people said. So as she's in the street cursing me out and saying all this stuff about being better, I'm just listening and I would just get calm and I just, I'm looking at this woman. So you're calm, you're calm listening and to no, I, And this is what I did. I leaned in real close to her because I wasn't going to yell. I said, you know what? It's actually nobody in between me and you right now, and I can kill you. And nobody do anything. Damn, <laughs> and she, um, said, we would just like to just say a disclaimer. <laughs> he was just having a mental moment, you know, like mental break. I wasn't going to, and I didn't. And she's still living, and I'm assuming her and her family is okay. But nonetheless, you know what she stopped doing when I said that to her? Talking? She stopped talking. I would too. She looked scared to death. I would have got a restraining order. And my, she was the one being the one that was coming at me. I walked away. I walked away. She never like, and it was so funny. It was, I mean, absolutely hilarious because 
there was no wasn't gonna be no killing. But I wanted because I knew she was just making a fool of herself to me. So I just wanted to just you know how you know he you was can, like Scar when he saw the Mufasa. Where you can say things to people and you know it's just going to get them. And I said that to her, man. It, it, it the look on her face and it was so funny because afterwards that entire summer she spent trying to convince her brother and her boyfriend that he trauma he going he tried to kill me or he going not try not going to kill her but tried to kill her or he told me he was going to kill me. Uh, so as she's saying this to her, well, they look. Damn, we and know it you, might and, be true. And it, it and yeah. it and it's so funny because it worked because when I leaned in to say this to her, it worked because they're looking at her like, like. Oh. That's chum. What are you? You crazy? That something? Chum don't even be fighting people. What are you? Ch- and so I'm gonna kill her, right? So now you the quiet crazy. <laughs> but but don't nobody think this but her. So it's like in a horror picture where it's like, no, something is wrong with him. You know what? And then and they looking at her like they're crazy, so crazy that her boyfriend comes up to me one day and says, "Yo, I just want you to know I ain't got nothing to do with it." <laughs> Make that girl out to be a nut. I just wanted to win. I told you if you came at me, it's those subtle jabs that get you. I'm not going to be a fool, but I'm going to slide it right in, and it's going to disjoint you something terribly. So that was funny. But again, I we say, were- <laughs> finish him. <laughs> that was totally not. Really at all. That was fun. That was funny. Your mind was flipped. I'm like, so I had Morgan when I was <laughs> was pregnant when I was 21. Had her when I was 22. And she became like my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about marriage. I didn't even think about my then boyfriend. It was just like she was it. Everything. And nothing else was more important to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, my child, I felt bad because my uncle, who now has passed away, who helped raise all of my kids and my That's mom did a great job. Mm-hmm. But... He was like, he would call me every day and was like, do I really have to change this child's clothes again? Like, why does she have to have on two outfits? Because she cannot be dirty. Did you check her food? Did you? My, the child didn't even play in the dirt until she was one. Literally on her birthday, she sat in a cooler full of <laughs> um, seafood salad. Oh, that's And ate that's the seafood salad. <laughs> and I was like, why? Why? <laughs> it was like, no, why your hangers? And everybody's <laughs> like, Lisa. You look crazy. And I was like, but that's my baby and I want her to be happy. That's what's Please. Up. You know, so I understand like when that initial, that first child, it was nothing. Just like the commercial. It's like your first child. You're just, everything is it everything. Is. Second child is like, yeah. Not that they bad, but it's I like. Know. Well, I didn't get so much. I didn't get so much. I was like the third child. They just like, I'm here. You know that, right? Like I'm here. I'm like, I know you here because you you here. I saw it, you. Yeah. Did, I, did I ask a question? <laughs> did we put the baby in the car seat? Mm-hmm. Did we? Does the baby have on shoes? Because the first baby had on two pairs of shoes, extra socks. Everything. <laughs> and the second baby had on like, it was shoes-ish. Shoes-ish. Yeah, just, you and didn't the, have all the set. You didn't and have the third baby was in the car, the onesie. <laughs> it was funny. Deja started out with, you know, you're getting all these nice, nice clothes and all that other good stuff. You quickly move from Nice clothes. So by the time you get to the third clothes, it's like Walmart, Target. This yeah, place, well, the no, randomals was yeah, exactly, my thing. Exactly. You're going to all of them spots to make sure you get the. It's like, nah, we're not. Jordans. I don't know about that. Man, you're getting the new pair of shoes every month. We're going to go right over to Payless, Bogo. That's what. 
Yo, I had, you know my favorite pair of sneakers were kangaroos because they had the zipper on the side. Do you remember those? Oh, I do. You could put a quarter in there yes. and then you could get your snow. Your, I used to fold my dollar up. I could. I didn't have a dollar. Then, I had quarters. Oh, I had a dollar. I was happy just to get a quarter. I don't even know what that dollar was from. Shout out to you, Ma, because we probably shouldn't have had a dollar. <laughs> I hope I ain't take your dollar and I'm a klepto and I didn't know. <laughs> I totally had my little kangaroos. Then I stepped I up. I had the, L.A. Gears because Paula Abdul had the commercial. Didn't they? No, they, which one had the lights? L.A. Gear had lights on them? Didn't want to? I, I don't know if they had the lights on them. It, you know what? I got L.A. Gears because let me tell you I how remember. old I am and how different it is. So she I grew up in the LA, city. She said L.A. LA Gears. Gears. Oh, I grew up wow. in the city. And for I went to, I went to a Catholic school. And our Catholic school trip. So you had like the cool kids who always had on name brand stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you had like people in the middle, and then you had like stop begrudging them kids. I like when we call kids cool kids when they no, 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 but but stuff. but in their head, but in our head, that's what it was. You had the cool know, kids who had everything, then in the middle, and then you had like us who were trying to figure it out. Like I had some bagels only because my mom we went to the thrift store on Belvedere, and it was like for some reason they had like some bagels for like six dollars. There you go. So I looked like I had some money. It was a lie, y'all, because I would have had those pay less shoes that cut across the front of your foot that, like, the leather was pleather so it would crack. That's what I had, those. That's what I had. All of my uniform stuff was from the thrift store, except for my shirts. I had brand-new shirts. But you wouldn't have known, you know, because I saw all the kids who had stuff, but, like, we were good, you know? I'm like, eh. I knew. That was a tough... that That was tough times, man. When you... Because mom, like I say, working, my mother works. She's, you know, striving to take care of us, things of that nature. And I just think she provided some stuff. And if you would get a pair of... You would lie. Like, when you, when you would get the... If you get a pair, once again, it was Nikes. So that's what it was called. It was from, from youth, that was just... L.A. Gears, y'all. He done both Nikes. But listen, but there were, there were levels of Nikes. There were your A-level, like your popular kid Nikes. There were your B-level, like this is the Nikes that they wear on their off day. Then, like, you get down to your C and your D levels. Like, I was getting the beginner pair of Nikes, like, the like you just barely made it, but it's like, yo, what are those? My buddy used to have a buddy who used to be like, what are those type of shoes? <laughs> like, first off, don't talk about us like that. <laughs> so, I would get the, what are, what are those, or where'd you get them from <laughs> type of shoes? And so, she would, but she would strive hard to get there. But it was funny because I always would laugh because I said, in East Baltimore, like, we grew up, like, and I'm sure it's this way in different parts of the city, but where we grew up, we, you didn't have a parent to teach you about, for me, finance or retail, I mean, or real estate, things of that nature. No, fashion, I wish we had but, somebody. But but you know what? But you see, fashion, and to, to this day, fashion was currency. Fashion was a, it a, was. a statement of and what you still is. Exactly. I was yeah. saying, your, your wealth was determined by that. And I remember having a conversation with a buddy of mine. He's like, why do you guys focus so much on that I said because that's what like it, your clothes would that's, show. Your, that's your, my house. That's my exactly. car. I said that's what you would show. Like your real estate was you. You were your and own real was, estate. And you, that was your individuality exactly. being able to show. And through. so like where if somebody was you know decorating and, and putting up their yard, I grew up where my it was just a backyard. There wasn't no decorating it. So when you came out to show, clothes was it. And so, but you, you know that's a that's a black people thing. Now that's that's what we did. We what? show, show up. out. You like, know what though? We but show you up. Say that. Show but, up. Show out. 
And sometimes I, I've never shine. watched Crazy Rich Asians, but I used to watch Fresh Off the Boat every now and then. The show on TV, but with like it's people who like. I'm not Asians, saying that other yeah, people yeah, don't, but that like that's how, oh, so you, you know, like on a Sunday when you went to church, you were so fly and so slippery from that Vaseline. Just you was in it. I was just trying to make sure I had change from what I was going to put in the offering plate. Look at you! I wasn't. If I, I was, was given a dollar. A quarter was going to the store so I can get me 25 of the, the penny cookies on the way home. Messed up church story. So, I'm not saying I was a bad kid. Yeah, right. I'm just saying that sometimes some yeah, crimes go right. slipping through the crack. So. She was a saint. I wasn't. So, we were going this to church. Halo. Mm, it's kind of crooked. <laughs> it's falling off. So, <laughs> this is such a bad story. So, we were going to church. And the family who owned the church had a son, and <laughs> I got caught kissing the son. It is. <laughs> like, at the back of the church, right? But really, I was just trying to get kicked out the church because we was going to church all the time. Like, we went to church on Sundays, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we had, like, Thursday or Friday. Mm. Then we had, like, all day something on Sunday. Then we went, like, had a service. Then we went and had dinner. Then we had service again. And I just didn't like it. And you know what made my mama stop taking us to church? Not me kissing somebody. They told her she couldn't listen to Michael Jackson. I want to know why for I, I had sinned. And you know what? I had to do the Hail Marys. I was just not I'm still listening to Michael Jackson. I don't. No comment. I'm just saying. I can't. I don't want nobody giving me no Jesus juice in the Pepsi glass. <laughs> we got off track again. I'm sorry, I'm back. As we always do. Oh man, anyway, we were supposed to be talking about the the years coming up. Coming yeah, up. I was gonna say after once we do the family, once we got there, yeah, we spent X amount of minutes and we didn't get into where you wanted to start recording. Yeah. So I'm gonna fast forward with mine. Ninety two, move out. Ninety. So ninety two, move out on our own, and it was funny. When we deal with mental health and you deal with those things, um, it was like the first year when you're living on your own and you're a young couple, you just don't realize, and, and you have a child, how things change. Mm. Like we went from being able to go to the movies, you know, go down to Harbor, just do things. And I was enjoying, once again, you, you hit the nail on the head. I'm a, I am a very relational individual. Like relationships matter to me a ton. Um, and it's, it's everything to me. Things, eh, they whatever. Um, and enjoying life is only as good as the people that you're connected with. Not Absolutely. that you connect to, but the people that you're connected with. So that's me in a nutshell. And I, I wasn't your, whatever a typical guy is, because I, I believe all humans are created to connect or, or need some type of connection. But I, I recall um, that first year, uh, Trisha was work. You know, we're, we're going to work. We're coming home. We're teaching our child. And you start losing intimacy. And I'm like, man, I'm 19 years old. We ain't bumming uglies. What's going on? And needless to say, exactly, right? And then we're living in an apartment and we got people over above us and stuff like that. And all you hear is, I want to do it too. Exactly. And you're going through that. And so we having conversations and we doing this. And so mind you, I'm at 19 and now. All your hormones, your manliness. Exactly. So we're having conversations as if we've been married for a while. But you have been. Like once you look, once you have a kid together and you move in, 
You fast forward past your friends about five years. It 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 was just it was it was crazy, and so I needed somebody to get a play by play. <laughs> like when we was about to have an argument, I needed somebody to be like so on today's news. <laughs> it was sis. It was it was different, and we went through. We actually we we lived there for one year. We broke up actually for about three or four months because I was an idiot, and I was like, I'm out. We broke up for a year and a half. Yeah, I was like, I'm out. And I was out because, you know, you start the whole process of thinking you want to see somebody else and you want to do all this stuff. And it was it was crazy because, once again, you don't know how to manage those emotions. You don't know how to manage those things. And as you're going through that process, it's like... It's nobody to talk you down. Yep, and you didn't have anybody to talk to. And thankfully, it was so funny. Like, my mother, I love my mother to death. But, like, the way of handling was like, y'all going to be all right, baby. No, my mother, my mother was like, if it's, if it looks like a duck, then it's a duck. I'm, I don't even know what that means, ma. Like, talk to me, tell me something. You know, I'm like, when we broke up, this is this is how my son was. We like broke up because he was like, we I think we need to, you know, find people that share our interest. He actually was trying to do something good. Like, before I do something bad, maybe we should break up. Mm-hmm. I think I would have rather have heard that than we need to find somebody who shares interest because I was like I'm about to fuck him up, Jesus. That's a that's a God thing. We all we we always we always want somebody to have the same interest. So so literally we 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 apart, but you know how like when you apart, but you still banging, and then you like apart, and then mm. you can't emotionally because you can't like bang and not have emotional ties when you're together. In. You just can't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I remember I had I can't even remember. Labor Day something. I had a party. I mean, it was the best party ever. Strippers, strawberry syrup. It wasn't even me. It was just strippers who showed up. And it was like, they started dancing. The guys was there. It was like crazy. It was pouring on the television. I was grilling out on the porch. And I'm like... How old were you? I'm Susie Mick. I'm like, maybe 23 Right, yeah, because it was the sure. first time I drank. It was the first time I like really. You drank. have age. I'm just like I'm thinking. We talk a team. I'm like no, really. No, 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 And <laughs> now I have like it, this party is epic. I mean, it's so bad that at some point I thought they was gonna call the fire station because the grill had like, oof, and it was just not good. I the mean, roof just, was on fire. It was like Close. motherfucking burn. It was burning. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody clears out. Groggy. He's. I don't even know if everybody got home. Let me just say that. All right. I go get my child. We come. So some missing people. Some missing <laughs> it was that people. party. It was that party. So we, I come, I clean up. I forget to clean the syrup on the floor. Well, let's just say when you're drunk, you can't remember everything. I just made sure we would, I got my baby back from my family's house. It was across the street. We come in the house and my bo- then boyfriend comes, shows up and was like, hey, how, what's going on? First, I don't know why he was there. Second. He was like, why you got syrup on the floor? Why would you even notice that? Of all the things that's happening in this house. So that's what you noticed, right? <laughs> you just noticed syrup on the floor. And he goes, you had a party without me. I said, yeah, you said we needed to find new interests. I know he was like, no, this bitch did not find strippers after we broke up. <laughs> and that day he was like, I think we need to talk about this. Because, you know, maybe this wasn't a good decision. Because I look like an option to somebody. I don't know if I did. I just remember I had a headache really bad. You shouldn't drink and try to be a great mom at the same time. It hurts when kids scream loud when mm. you drink so young. But it was my first time drinking. I didn't start drinking until I was 23. I mean, I made up for it, though. But 
But I just didn't because I was like trying to do the right thing. And then I was like, oh, you're an adult. You can do what you want. Sad for me is I think too much. I tried to get drunk once. Didn't even no, get drunk I because didn't I tried to get drunk. No, I was trying. No, I intentionally. I intentionally. And that's was what this with people, the bar. The, no, this the was bar. not the bottles and James. This is that was that was a late episode. But no, well maybe before I came. But you know, I had one time where I would watch people get drunk. I would watch people drink beer, and I was like, I said, I just want to know what it's like. I said I, because it never made it never can. It, that's it, not fun. It, and so I'm just drinking beers without eating food, and I'm just continuing to drink. I drink ten. Why? Long neck beers. How did you not piss yourself? Um, and and everything was moving slow, but I wasn't drunk. I didn't wake up with a hangover the next day. I didn't do it. And then they was like, "Yo, you need to eat something." I was like, "Nope, I want to feel the full effects of this." So it was like an experiment. For and I was like, yourself. "Huh? Why?" But because I wanted to know what people. And it was it was buddy was and it was a party where buddy was going to Desert Storm. I drunk so much beer that night that I had to actually had to pay the people in the party. It's like, "Yo, you ain't pay for none of this." You. <laughs> Like you owe us for for all of what you killed. Like nigga, you better come up off of that. So I had to pay. <laughs> you had to pay the play. Yeah. So, but I, after it was, I didn't get anything out of it. So it's like, eh. So, as I said, every now and then I had a buddy who told me he started drinking wine when he was in his forties. And I so every now and then I think I was like, do I want to taste wine? Do I want to? Some wine is very great. I like the three ninety nine wine at the Italian store. It's amazing, and it's three ninety nine. I'm just saying. Go Lexington Market. Back when they were letting people nod inside the store, not this newfangled we trying to fix it up thing. Says Shout out to Parks moved, Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Says the person who moved way away from the... I did, not on purpose. I was trying to live in Pikesville. That sounds bougie too, right? How's this? You're not making it better. Oh, shit. <laughs> we'll be back. I'll record she said, I'm wasting stuff. I'm like, you're wasting goods. You're wasting goods. Oh, and we're back. What's going on, everybody? Hello, this is Lovely, and we're happy to be back on All Up In Your Biz podcast. Ness. <laughs> All Up In Your Business. 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 You know how like, when you meet some family members, you like meet up, and they say, well, what you been doing? Well, why you do that? Well, that don't make any sense. Why you, you all like, up in my business? You be like, you get on my nerves. But it's always like that one aunt that always asks you questions. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why is she so nosy? See, so let me ask you this. <laughs> so it makes me laugh because I'm the TV guy because I watched TV growing up a lot. So you remember, it was an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Uh-oh. where they were in the jail cell. And Will Smith was trying to perp and play like he was trying to be tough. And he was like, why are you up in my business? Yes. He said, mind your business. Yeah. Just mind your business. I do. I remember that. So, I also remember him holding on to the gates trying to get out. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, I, if you said you won't get in trouble, I was out. Like, chicken shit. <laughs> me all day. I'm like, mm-mm. I'm not going to. Now, I will speak my mind all day, but chicken shit all day. I'm like, you want to do what? Go to a club. But we only 16. You want me to lie? Do you know who my mother is? She will whip my ass from here to the house in the car. Mm-mm. Oh, I got some stories to tell. I'm just saying. But anywho, hey. once again, she she's doing what lovely does. I, which I is which is, which is which is no, she don't go to the side. She just I climbed up. I'm coming climbed. back down the ladder. I'm climbing back down the ladder. The young folks said you leveled up. What? I used it wrong, didn't I? <laughs> yes. That's the goal. Because I know what it means because I hear people say it all the time. I was hearing, listening to a podcast today where somebody just kept using level up and just like, that's when you're trying to Hey, really when hard. people say lit, I'm still sometimes, it's, it's in the wrong context. See, lit is supposed to be like when it's great. 
But that's what they use. They say when something lit is there. When see, when I grew up, lit in my neighborhood did not mean that. You know what lit meant when we you like got lit up by bullets. That's one. Mm. That's one. But that's the negative connotation. When somebody was lit, it's like they were high, they were drunk. You were, right. Yeah, you it's like right. it's like yo, that nigga lit as a mug. You cheer with me. So you're that, right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That Baltimore no, it was serious back in the exactly. day. Exactly. So when he was lit, and it wasn't a bad thing, it was like, oh, he he on it. He feeling it. Had to fix the puff. Sorry about that. You know how I feel about so anyway, it. She started out telling you why we call it all up in your business. But it, as, as we were saying, uh, our podcast is one where we're actually talking about those issues that we saw, we we either experienced or we had we were witness to we'll diff- continue to go through exactly different things growing up and how it's kind of shaped not only who we are today but uh the different impacts that uh society has had on us and that we've had on the societies and, and the world yeah, yeah. in the world I'm we sorry. live in. and how it affects our family our that? finances our like just our our love language and um so you've been reading books y'all i love books i'm oh a reader i am a reader so you said you like being in the high the good classes i like reading because Same. i growing up i didn't feel smart so i always made sure that i never i didn't say i like being in the good classes i actually sorry about that i'm like do you tell my audio <laughs> um but i always <laughs> I always wanted to, I learned more because I never wanted to be a part of a conversation or have somebody ask me a question and I couldn't answer something. But you, Mine but you, was more out of insecurity that I really started reading. I love reading now just because I do. But, smart books are my thing. But you say I like being in a smart class. You know what the funny thing was? I didn't. I, I, growing up, my mom used to always say to me, you think you're smarter than your teacher. And she said this all the way up until high school, that I think I'm smarter than the teacher. And I never had I, that statement. But I actually didn't think I was smarter than the teachers that were, were educating me. I and I didn't realize this until I was thirty. It, it dawned on me at thirty because I used to I still buck authority to this day. Buck um, if you it, buck. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting every time. She said, anyway. Not buck. <laughs> Anywho, but no, one of the things like even though I had the ac- I had the academic prowess to succeed in those classes, but I didn't like school. I hated school. School and the reason that I actually challenged teachers so much was not because, like, if I had a teacher who I, there were some teachers that I enjoyed, just like there's some supervisors I enjoy uh, in life or managers I enjoy in life. I don't like when anybody would make me feel inferior or try to because I it was my choice to make to feel inferior. But when people would try to make me feel inferior to them, and I would feel like there were times teachers were teaching. And I have my education. You need to get yours. Yeah, or, or or just or just the way that they kind of went about their business. Like because my personality was somewhat different, and because I was more of a recluse, or I was uh, I I I was quiet. They would take that as being having an attitude, even though I did well in the schoolwork. Because I wasn't the outward going kid and mm-hmm. doing things that I know that even my family ass- members that my family members that you were going to do. Yeah, and yeah. so because I wasn't as social. As other and kids, uh, they wouldn't treat me. They would, they would, I, you would be cast in a certain light. I always looked like I was mad, I, all of those different things. And so, growing up with all I mean, of that, it's just a trait. Yeah, just it was just, yeah, so it was tough. So, but I, where I could always beat them was the schoolwork was like competition for me. So, if you challenged me with whatever your attitude was as a teacher, I was going to just do well in the schoolwork because it would shut you up. I was a teacher's pet. 
Yeah. I was just the opposite. I was. I was. I, and, I was smart in a teacher's pet, but I never felt smart. Nah, I was smart, and teachers annoyed me. No, I had my favorite teachers. I had geography, science, economics. I was so boring. I, I just loved it. I was like, and I hated gym. I hated gym. And I had like the best gym teacher. Because he would be like, hey, just put your clothes on and run around a little bit. Just pretend so that we, you're going to run around. So what I'm going I'm to say one story and then we're going to dive into... Kind of like what our quiet years like after we met. Quiet storm. <laughs> what, what our years were like kind of after 92, uh, you know, and even though we stayed in contact, there were what we there were some times where we were kind of, I guess, growing our families. But I'll give you one teacher story that I think is real funny that kind of, this is me, like me with authority. And then later on in our lives, I'll talk about how I always kind of bucked supervisors, even to this day. And don't day. forget, you said when you turned 30, you realized. Oh, well, when we I turned, this. oh yeah, I'm sorry. So let me, I'll tell the story about this one teacher episode. When you said you were a teacher's pet, I was the total opposite of a teacher's pet. Love me. Love <laughs> me. What I did, I remember, and this was middle school. And so this is right before the middle school graduation. So as we're about to graduate, there was this one teacher. Um, she was an attractive woman, very attractive woman. Um, and and she's Robinson. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not throwing names out there because I might get in trouble. So I don't I'm know just saying, everybody who's sexy is Mrs. Robinson. That's okay, there you go. Okay. All right, there you go. So, anyhow, she was real fly. Young boys, all of us loved her. She wore clothes that were, you know, showing off the girls. Rather, rather revealing. Yeah. But because she was who she was and she knew she had the sway that she had, I, I hated her arrogance. Yeah, I ain't dislike it. I hated her arrogance. Dang. So in her class, I would solid. And I always tell people, even though I was smart, I was a B student because I wanted to be a B student because it was like, I'm really not putting effort in it and I'm still just doing well. So it's like, my mediocre is still a B. When I'm actually applying myself, this is whatever. Yep. Sounds arrogant because it is. Um, <laughs> you living up to this Aquarius thing. I'm just saying. It is what it is. Woo. But anywho. So one day, I, I, we keep going off topic. We, so oh, and it, teacher story. Hey, so the teacher. So anyway, we're about to graduate, and as we're about to, you know, graduate, she knows all year long. I'm not a fan of her. She's not a fan of mine. So in class, she would take as many shots as she can to kind of embarrass me and do little things, just to kind of like mm. get, just to break. And mind you, this is a grown woman trying to break the spirit of a young boy. Damn. But she, exactly, that's how insecure she was as a teacher because I wasn't one of the people who was sweating her. But nonetheless, so. We're in eighth grade, eighth grade, large, you know, this, this, this public school. So you have a large population graduating. So we're sitting down and we're singing the school anthem or whatever. So I'm standing there with two of my friends and these clowns. And so I'm not going to sing. And he's like, you're not singing. So I choose not to sing. So these idiots, of course, follow and not sing. Mm. So she's leading the song. So in the midst of all of these hundreds of students, she points you out like I was the only one not singing. Mm. And so not only does she stop everybody and say, everybody else sit down, tell me to stand up and I am going to sing this song. But think about if you aren't secure in who you are, 
That's sad. What kind of kid? That's so embarrassing. That's, that's, that's trauma. That's sad. So, but, but see, but one, I know, but her, but one, you. one, one, her, this is her problem because she started this. So she looks at me and says, sing. I just look at her. I say nothing. She said, if you do not sing this song, you will not be, you know, you will not be part of the graduation ceremony. Not graduating because she can't stop the grades, but you will not be a part of this graduation ceremony. I don't say anything. I just look at her. Mr. Gilmer, you will sing this song. I look at her. She said, you're not going to sing? Leave. Go upstairs to my room. I walk out of that graduation. So her goal is to embarrass me in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not embarrassed because at this point, I wasn't going to sing the song. I really don't I care about know, the graduation. I didn't talk about it. We, ain't have, we didn't it's, talk it's, about it's it. what it is. And so, you're a grown woman. Doing this to me. So I get upstairs, I'm sitting in her room and the two other clowns who make them leave too because they're standing beside me like idiots. <laughs> I felt bad for them because it was like, yeah, because my goal wasn't for them to follow me. Yeah. This was just my stance. I just wasn't singing the song. But they could have sang a song. <laughs> da, 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 Whatever the song was. I might have to look up the song. Exactly, right? Some, some song like that. So anyway, we get up to this teacher's room and once we get up to this room, you know, she comes into the room, we're sitting in the class. And I'm, before she gets to the class, I say to him, this is what I said, you guys didn't have to do this. Don't, you know, I don't, you, you guys should be a part of the ceremony. So she comes to the room, she sits down. Mr. Gilman, she looks at me in her most vulnerable moment. It was sad. I actually felt bad. I, I later saw her in life and apologized for this. She looks at me in her most vulnerable moment and says, William, why don't you respect me? I look at her. I lean forward. I said, because I don't and I never will. Damn. She was crushed. It was. That was a burn. A, I, can, I felt my, like my arms and as feel as an eighth hot. grade boy, that was awful. But I knew when she said this to me, everything mm-hmm. in her eyes was vulnerable. And you just, was like, I'm a strike. That, that was I'm her, a strike while the iron's hot. That was her moment to like. I'm getting ready to just disconnect with this young man. Uh-huh. And, and you I was said, like, sever I, that. I, <laughs> you had Mortal Kombat. Finish him. And like, it, I, was it was done. Over. I was like, I don't. She said, why don't you respect me? I said, because I don't. And I never will. Ooh. It was awful. Ooh. I said with a smile on my face, but it was absolutely. But mind you, I was fresh off of what she just tried to do to me downstairs. So inside, I'm pissed. And you need and you, to and retaliate. And so now you're going to try to connect with me while I'm pissed. Oh, I'm going to attack you. I'd already passed the grade. I've already passed the grade, passed the class. So now it's like, don't try to, like, really? You want to connect? Watch he me crush like, on I'm you. I'm about to drop this yellow piece <laughs> on top of this red piece. You ain't never going to get connect for. Pop. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. Like I said, I, I later saw her in life and actually apologized to her. And you know what she did? She acted like she didn't even know who I was. But I was good with that. I, I, but, you, but you know, for you, I made my peace. I had yeah. to say what I had to say to her because I realized I, when I saw her. You know, when she got in the car, she was like, finally. It was terrible. It was me. terrible, man. I felt so freaking oh. bad when that happened. It was just terrible. But what I realized at the age of 30 um, was that I, I, I somewhat don't, when I say I don't like bullies, it's not like the way we kind of define bullies now where, you know, tough things. Everything is bullying. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't define it that way. I what I did was I when people would kind of either see a vulnerable individual and they would pick on that vulnerability and I, and when I say that meaning if because I was the quiet kid yeah. you would find a reason to do things and I would see teachers doing this or because I was the kid who just because I didn't speak didn't mean I wasn't educated 
didn't mean that I didn't, you know, want to be engaged. I was going to be engaged a different way. And, and what I learned, what I learned as an adult was in school, the teacher had all of these students, so they didn't have time or didn't make the time. Let me say that because I still believe you can. They didn't make the time to always recreate with connect with kids who weren't like and it wasn't just popular kids because you could be dumb as a doorknob. But if you were funny, teacher loved you. If you were, you know, you fed into their ego. Exactly. So I realized that early on and I would I would rebel against it. And so it kind of defined kind of how I approach not only teachers, but I approach, you know, people in authority who find a vulnerable person. And instead of allowing them to develop into who they are, they pick on them, they go at them with an intent of, hey, you don't fit in my world. Let me expose you. And I just find that wrong. And so I I fought back against it. Um, with my my mind, I fought back with it against my with my mentality, and I'm I'm just very very obstinate. I'm a very stubborn. Uh, if you want to try me, I will break you down, and I'm going to look because you're so loud. I'm going to find what that vulnerability is, and the moment you show it to me, as you just said, finish him, finish her, finish it, finish them. I will crush your spirit. See, and I'm the opposite because <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't trying to finish anybody. <laughs> You know, I, I realized Crush. I spent so many years because in elementary school, middle school and high school, I was always the kid who I knew everybody, mm-hmm. but I wasn't popular, but I knew enough people and I never started like I never started anything. I didn't really have anything like my altercations were very if something happened at home. That was a result. Then something happened at school. It was my environment that caused any kind of altercations I ever okay. had. Okay. And, unless somebody else did something, mm-hmm. and I realized that a growing up without a father and having a mom trying to overcompensate for the missing thing that she feels you have, because I think what a people a lot of people don't understand is you don't always miss your father the way people think you miss your father because if you never had it i do have three daughters but I, you're talking about the ones who don't have the ones who don't have like well, I, I didn't like, i didn't have i didn't have a way father. to make me feel neglected i mean we love you but <laughs> no but if you if you if you grew up like i grew up and i had our father in the house for a little bit but i have like honest to goodness i have three memories of him Hmm. Three. I have one of him cleaning up on a Saturday morning, blasting the Commodores. Oh, wow. I have one. And so you like the Commodores. So. I do. I love the Commodores. He go. introduced me to some music. Um, I have one where I cursed him out when I was like 12 or 13 on the corner because I just realized. Go. Just a quick interjection. It's so funny. First time a teacher endeared himself to me was in the fifth grade. And it was some gift that they gave me. And guess what kind of guess what shirt she gave me? What? It was a Commodore shirt. Oh, see, we were supposed to be. How silly is that? Is that? Yeah. It was a Commodore shirt, and I remember liking the group Commodores after I, that, just I, because I, not because my dad and music, you, yeah. but because a teacher gave me a Commodore Aww, shirt. That is so cool. Saying. That's what I well, thought. Twelve or thirteen, curse, cursing him out because I just felt like as a father, he wasn't representing himself right. And I think that you know when you're in that. Your hormones are so all over the place. Mm. You're trying to figure out who you are as mm-hmm. a person. You want you want what, you, what people tell you that you need. So I was like, I, I must want to have my dad in my life because everybody says that you need a dad. 
And not that you don't need a dad, but you don't need the wrong one in your life. And that I think so many times we as women or spouses or partners try to make the wrong person fit into a place that they shouldn't mm. because not everybody's supposed to be exposed to your kids, even the ones who help create them. Yeah. But, you know, so I had that. And then the conversation I had with him when he let me know that he was really sick and he was, you know, um, dying. Mm. So those are like my three things. But I mean, I have little ones here and there, like when he came to my birthday party and brought me incense, but asked for a dollar. Yo, some stuff was just so That's classic. Wrong. <laughs> I mean, think about that. You know, so so I'm like, so my funny. so my, oh my God. boyfriend now husband, you know, he had to fill in a lot of space that he wasn't even prepared for because he didn't have a father. Yeah. You know, like his father passed away when he was twelve. Wow. Mine's was when I was twenty one. Both of them took themselves out. Well, his father did not take himself out. But both of us had our fathers die in ways that weren't just natural ways, you know? So, like, then you fast forward to us talking on the phone. It's like, oh, shit, I'm about to have a brother, another brother. And I'm going to be, I'm not going to be the oldest anymore. So that was, when that was, and that was funny because that was weird for me. That was like, I was, when I, when we first met, I was super excited to have a sister. And when I, when I say the weird part was, it was like, oh, I always wanted a sister. So I get a sister, we kind of, we meet, and it was funny, it was funny, because Trisha, I told you in the beginning, Trisha was like, not feeling you, because Trisha was the woman in my life, and it was like, There ain't no this? new chick coming up in <laughs> yeah. this place. What we fitting to do is cancel the visit. And, and to this day, I'm like, my mentality is, uh, wow, I'm, um, finances mean finance is not a means to an end. Well, finance is a means to an end for me. Meaning, I do well at what I do in life, regardless of where I've been in life. But finances aren't like I'm a hoarder, or I think that I need finances for my happiness or my stability. So, and the reason I say this is because, like, for Trisha was when we would we first started dating. If whatever she was, if we were walking down the street, she see something, she'd be like, "Oh, that's nice." I'd be like, "Bye, then." And as a teenager, she was like, what you mean buy it then? I was like, buy it. And so she's like, you going to buy that? I said, all right, let's get it. And so I did it. Oh, yes, you did. Because when I first met you, remember when it was your birthday, it was at the birthday, I was like, gifts. Yeah. <laughs> it was yes, gifs. it was. And that's when Trisha was like, hey, we who was, is this? We ain't spending no money on this shit. <laughs> it's like, who is this? But I understand that because if you come from a place where A, you didn't even know of me. Mm-hmm. Then you meet me, but you've had somebody <laughs> who's been in your life for a long time, and now this new chick show up, and you know how you feel. I need proof that this is your sister, because this ain't going to be some little dumb bitch showing up, <laughs> taking away my goods, exactly. okay? Very and true. I understand because, that. Because, I understand. Because a dude will say, oh, no, that's my cousin, real quick. <laughs> be like, so we just hugging and kissing cousins. That's yeah. what we doing now? All right, all right. So I get that. I totally get that. So then... We meet, we're talking, we're hanging, and then the proverbial phone goes dead. Mm-hmm. And we'll be right back. 